Hello, and welcome to Everything We Made, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing Sleepaway Camp by Griphook, featuring my pal Zach Butcher on vocals. Griphook's songs are so short, you get practically the whole thing in these little snippets. So enjoy that. I'm not sure how much of it is true and how much of it is just like painting the picture of like my parents telling me just because it seems too early. But I was like two or three and I cracked my head open. And I remember like all of these like, or not two or three, I'm sorry, I was five or six. And I have all of these like weird versions of that memory that kind of like float around in my head. Like I remember actually cracking my head open. I loosely remember being in the car going to the hospital. Uh, and then I have like versions of like what I thought was happening. And then I've talked to my parents and my parents are like, no, none of that ever happened. And it's, so it's, but like, I think about that a lot because it was, it was there, you know, so early, everything else I remember was all stuff that came later. Yeah. I have a similar experience when, from when I was around that age, maybe a little bit older where I had fallen like two stories and cracked my head. Oh man. And, And it's, and it's, um, it's, it's definitely like one of those things where it's like, you, 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 like you, you would, um, you you would have like this weird disjointed sort of like collage or or cascade, cascading image of like memories from like a traumatic event, you know. But it's right. like you're so young. It's like you're like you know this the information that you have or 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 things you've consumed in media like like almost want to fill in the gaps. So you like kind of don't know what you can trust of that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I I definitely have like, uh, my, I definitely have my mom's stories, um, of the event, which, you know, like, um, I use the word stories, but it's like not a story. It's like, I have her like re retelling me, you know, what happened. And, um, so, there's that aspect of it too, where you're like, Oh, I think I, I think I remember that. And it's like, I mean, do you, or, you know, and yeah. Oh yeah. That's, I've always found, you know, um, memories and, and dreams. I've always found this like particularly fascinating and, and, um, and it's been, it's been interesting to see like how much people have definitely, similarly thought like well i'm not really sure like what what i'm putting in there and what i actually remember you know and absolutely yeah that's kind of like i think um i think that's like it just goes to show how like what self-talk and what like um your brain does to sort of like write your own reality in a way Mm -hmm. you know and um, I don't know. That's you know, I I I think that's all very interesting. Um, what what was the like? I mean, obviously this is way later, so we can talk about it like it's not a big deal. But like, what was the severity of like your injury? 
Um, I, for whatever reason, uh, was like banging my head into a wall and my mom, uh, my mom has since told me, you know, my dad had kidney stones and he was asleep on the couch downstairs. My mom was trying to give my brother a bath who is two years younger than me. So they would have been, you know, like two or three. And, uh, I'm doing all of this for, you know, whatever reason. And then I just had to get, uh, staples and that was it. But now as someone that, uh, like I shave my head all the time and like, you can see somewhere in the back, like where the, the marks are kind of left from the staples. Oh, you, you were know, banging. 20 plus years later. Yeah, you were, you were, so you were banging your head like backwards. You were like leaned, yeah. leaned against the wall. Like, yeah. 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 It's, um, I was gonna, you know, make a, make a supposition that this, this is not, uh, uh, a uh, practice that you completely outgrew, assuming, you know, <laughs> when you have a microphone in your hand, sometimes, yeah. you know, things might, uh, things might get a little um, chaotic in that same way. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it's um, a, a, like the other thing I was thinking is, you know, you saying your mom doesn't know why you were doing that. And it's like having had, you know, uh, some ch children of my own that have all right. gone through this like head bashing phase, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah we don't know. We, we don't know why this happens, <laughs> but it does, you, you know, you're, you weren't alone, but it's unfortunate that, you know, you did end up having, uh, having to get staples and stuff, but right. yeah, I don't know. It's like, um, the, the, one one of mine particularly went into the bucket head thing where uh, he would put a bucket on his head and ram into things and and I'm Whoa. like that I saw that in like a movie too and I was like yeah. that's so silly I think it was like maybe it was even that movie Parent Parenthood that Steve Martin was in in like the 90s but, oh, okay um, yeah but yeah like it might have been that movie but um I, I was just like oh that's so silly and then like you know years later and this they're okay. That's a thing, you know, <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, like it's, it's, um, you know, obvious that, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, th thrashing around and, uh, and, and being a, being a bit of a, a, a maniac is part of your childhood, but where did like, where did you start, uh, acting out to music? So I was, um, I was 10 and I found out like what punk was, uh, I'm, I'm 27. So it was 2005 and we had MTV and, uh, Green Day and My Chemical Romance were all over MTV. And I was like, damn, Green Day is the coolest band ever. Which, you know, now I'm just like, man, I really regret that. But at the time, you know, I loved it. And uh, I uh, I was just like, I want to make music. I want to be in a band. I want to be punk. And so, you know, like that was, that, that kind of like started there. And then as I got older, I tried and tried to do anything. You know, like I taught myself how to play bass. And I was like, okay, 
I can play choking victim. I must be good at bass. Uh, and then I tried to teach myself how to play guitar. And I was like, uh, I can kind of like fake my way through some of these songs. That's probably good enough. And then after a while, I realized that it just like, I was really bad at it. But on top of that, I was much more interested in like some sort of like frontman aspect. And, uh, I was finally successful. I believe it was 2016 when I started my first band and, uh, we, we played our first show around February of 2017. So that was kind of like the kickoff point. And, uh, you know, as we continued to do it, uh, I did a Misfits cover band a few times. I did, uh, you know, this or that, blah, blah, blah. And it just kept growing and growing. And then as that band broke up and the current band, Grip Hook, started, um, I was just like, well, this is great because, you know, I feel invincible and, uh, you know, nothing hurts when I do these things. And then it started to go downhill rapidly. <laughs> and like, uh, we played a show a couple weeks ago and I hit myself in the head with a microphone and I felt like I was going to pass out for the next six hours. And I was just like, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, I wouldn't, I, th I wouldn't have thought that like, you know, um, that, uh, your trajectory would have would have slid so so fast like being you know in your in your uh like mid to late 20s but like right. you know you when you go a little too hard a little too like you know maybe you didn't build up the stamina for like uh for inflicting that kind of punishment on yourself right so which would have been difficult cuz you know there was like no sh shows for like two years or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, so it's understandable. But, um, before we like get all the way into that though, so how did you go from like, um, you know, Green Day and, uh, and, and My Chemical Romance are the greatest to like, how did you <laughs> go from that? Which is like, you know, not saying any, anything about, you know, either of those bands specifically. I mean, right. I, I saw Green Day play when I was like, you know, um, 16 years old or something. Hell yeah. But, uh, I've still never seen them. It, well, I mean, I like, yeah, I saw them, but I saw them, um, like sh shit, probably like the week or two before Dookie came out. So right on. obviously a long time ago, but, um, yeah, it was like them in bad religion and, uh, cool. and it was, it was, uh, I don't know what the place is called Janice landing. I think it's like, they still do shows there as far as I know. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's, it's in like the Tampa area. I can't remember if it's Tampa or St. Petersburg actually. Cause they're like, we used to go to where I was from. We, we'd go like two hours, you know, in that general direction. And the shows would always be in Tampa or St. Pete. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it, I didn't have the best, um, I didn't have the best experience meeting Billy Joe. So we, okay, so we met them, like we sort of met the band when he was like, you know, sort of hanging around out in the general uh, audience or whatever. And um, yeah. a friend of mine uh, had come and she was like, um, 
will you sign my seven inch? And he was like, Billy Joe was like, no, but like we can make out for a little bit. And she was like 15. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, and it's weird. Cause like when you, when, when I'm 16, I mean, I, you know, he was like, I, I don't know, you know, like he, early twenties. Yeah. Yeah. At least. Right. So, um, but I'm 16, right? So I just was like, that's that was weird. Like it, none of the other implications that are obviously right. there, like, clicked to me at that time, yeah. you know. And and my friend was just like, no, that's okay. And you know, and then she was like, wow, what a creep. And I was like, yeah, that was pretty weird. And right. um, the other implications didn't click until like, oh, that that guy was like a full on adult. Yeah, that's uh, you know, because I right. don't know. It's just like we were in bands. This is a guy in a band, and then like you're like later you're like, oh no, yeah, um, oh yeah. But yeah, it, yeah, it's um, it, it's it's um, it was a lot like it like I was already when bands like that hit the the zeitgeist. You know, I was already yeah. like listening to stuff like that. So what was your path into like? DIY and sure, okay. was it just like because Bandcamp was already a thing and or was that just pre-Bandcamp? I don't know. So I, um, Green Day was like kind of like the gateway band. My cam, I kind of like came and went. Uh, it was like I thought my cam was cool, but uh, they played Helena, Helena, whatever the proper term or the proper pronunciation is. They played that video all the time. And I was like, Oh, this kind of sucks. But then like three cheers as a whole, I was like, well, this is pretty good. So I was, I was very like up in the air on that band. Um, but green day, I was just like, no, this is all awesome. I don't mind at all. Um, and so going from green day, I kind of use them as like the gateway to see like, okay, well, what are bands that green day think are cool? And it was, you know, like something like the Ramones and the replacements and, you know, like Jawbreaker and all these bands. I was like, wow, these are really good. Okay. And then my parents, my dad is 50 and my mom is 47. Um, and my parents would talk to me about music all the time. And I remember my parents being like, oh, Green Day still make music. And I was like, what do you mean still? And my mom's just like, uh, well, they've been making music since, you know, 10 years ago at least. And so I got to go backwards and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and it being 2005, MySpace was huge and I, uh, I was on MySpace. And so, you know, like I could use that to like read about other people talking about the band and then, um, kind of like look at like archives of, bands they'd toured with and stuff. And so it was like, you know, bands like Pansy Division or, you know, like other East Bay bands. Uh, and this all just kept going forward as I got older, finding other things that I thought were cool or cooler um, until finally I would have been, I think, 16. And I had uh, I'd heard this band that I thought was really good, which I cannot remember what the band's name is, but it was like, Lucy something, Lucy Lee, we'll say. And uh, she made like acoustic folk music. And I was like, oh, this is sick. Okay. And uh, she was supposed to play, um, oh man, Snowed In, which is a festival in Cleveland. 
And so we went to Snowden to see her play. And then we, uh, we were like, Oh, this band named Annabelle is going to play. Uh, and it says they're from Akron. Well, we live in Akron, so let's go see Annabelle. And then we saw Dowsing and Annabelle and it was just like, Oh, this is really cool. Okay. And then, um, that kind of like led me down this path of like, Oh, some of these bands I like are part of this thing. That's just like DIY. And like, I understood it to a degree, but I understood it in the sense that like a quote unquote old person would talk to you. And they're like, Oh, that's an indie band, you know? And that's the only way they, they fully grasp it. Like not so much what the independent sense actually would mean. Um, and that kind of just bled into, oh, Dowsing is going to play Cling Thing. Well, what's that? Let's go to Cling Thing. And then it just kept growing and growing and growing. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger. I became friends with all these DIY kids. You know, I then became a DIY kid, uh, started booking my own shows, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, it's um, it's like, a, you know, there's a there's a a supposition by people that aren't in the know. And I suppose like even at first, you know, you, you might think like one might think themselves, they might think that, um, that bands behave this way or like act according to these like parameters, like, because they, that's because that's the only thing that they can do. And they're just like, they're waiting for like a better, you know, thing that's like definitely the, the, like your parents, like, um, ID ideology about like what DIY is, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like my, you know, my parents are, you know, probably, probably like think like, it's so silly that like, you know, they still play in bands and stuff when like, um, they're, they don't have tour managers or, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's yeah. just like, no, I don't, that's not, that's not for me. You know, that's not, that's not the, the road that I'm trying to go down. But yeah, I mean, not to say of, you know, any, like anyone who is trying to do that. It's just that like the idea that um, someone would do this by, it, it, a matter of intention is like, yeah, is foreign to, you know, um, normies or however you want to put it. You know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, oh, well, their band just isn't good enough to do whatever. And it's like, I mean, I laugh at the idea that like, m- you know, my dad might think of something like that. Cause like my dad, like never played a show out of town, like let alone yeah. like did two tours in Europe or whatever, you know, right. <laughs> like, like, I mean, it's like my dad, like, never, you know, even had, like, an actual, like, CD or whatever, you know, let alone, like, um, a discography on vinyl or whatever, you know? Yeah. But it's like you, like, there's a whole, like, like, you know, my in-laws or whatever, they probably just are, are like, I don't know why they still play music. Like, you know, they never succeeded or whatever. Yeah. It's just like... um I don't know. People don't understand that success is not like a, there's different ideas of what that means or whatever. Um, Yeah. We, we played a show in Pittsburgh 
and uh, my fiance's name's Becca, and Becca's family, like, I don't know, we played it, like, in March, and there was some, like, family dinner, and everyone was just like, so did you guys, like, make a lot of money? And I was like, no, not not really. And Becca's <laughs> one brother was just like, so did you, like, break even on the gas? And I was like, I think so. And he's like, well, you don't know? And I was like, no, I don't. I don't really care. And Becca's mom was like, is that like a punk thing? And I was like, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I was just like, yeah. why not? <laughs> I guess that's it. It's, it's either, it's either a punk thing or if like you get wrapped up in all of that, like, you, yeah, you, I mean, you don't know, like why, like, why are, why are we like really here? You know, if we're getting wrapped yeah. up in, you know, but, um, I mean, I don't know. It's like, to to go on tour and like i think one of the last coma tours was like the first time when um like we came back and i was like after gas like we have this much money left but i had also Please. i had also spent like $600 like fixing the van beforehand and so we didn't yeah. make that money back but i'm like we had this much money left and and uh and i was like I think that's the first time I've ever went on a tour where I, you know, had more money, like, than I spent in gas. And I was like, damn, things are re really looking up. I yeah, can't wait till yeah, the yeah, next yeah. tour. And then, and then there was COVID. So right. <laughs> it was like, it was like, I remember like, I remember one of the last podcasts that I did uh, at the end of 2019. And I was like, I did like several and I'm like, what are you most looking forward to in 2020? That was like a question that I kept asking people. And then it was yeah. like, 2020 happened and then it was like, God. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, never mind. Huh? Baby, baby, sort of came into contact it must have been like um the band that you were you, you were mentioning before was like sort of on its way out and i can't remember what the name of that band was offhand sure so it was uh i was in a band called coop right right uh, right dale, yeah named after dale cooper um okay. yeah we we were like i don't know i I don't know what the right word to say is. I I would say that you and I were internet friends. Uh, like you had a show. Um, I'm sorry, I've got two dogs. Uh, you had a show fall through, and um, it was uh, it was like, oh, you know, I need to figure something out, and so I helped you book something in Akron, uh, and then in typical old man Zach fashion. I fell asleep and didn't even go to the show I helped you book. And I, I remember like I felt terrible and I was like, this person is never going to talk to me again. Uh and we, you know, we sort of like talked about it a little bit, you know, a little bit here and there, blah, blah, blah. Uh and then as Coop was coming to an end, you and I started to talk more and more online. 
And then, you know, like with COVID and grip starting, you and I would talk about like other bands or, you know, like bigger things. And, like I remember a couple months ago, you and I had like a three hour conversation about like nine inch nails and how like we as fans kind of like want this idea of like a suffering musician because I was like, Oh yeah. You know, like the drug abuse era is my favorite era of nine inch nails. And you were like, I get what you're saying, but also that's a really terrible way to look at it. And like, you know, you like kind of like talked me through that. And I was just, I, I was like, wow, this, why am I just now figuring this out at 27? Like that was a terrible thing to say. And yeah. you know, like stuff, stuff like that. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that like rattles around in my head all the time is it's like, yeah, I think, I think what I, um, I don't know if I may, if I verbalize this, but what I was sort of comparing it to is like that band armor for sleep. I know yeah. that like, I know that, uh, their vocalist had a lot of problems when they were doing like their, uh, first two LPs. And, um, and then like he, uh, he, as, as far as I know, like he, he, um, like came through a lot of his problems and, um, and then like he probably like, you know, started like doing things that people might think were like, you know, it'd be like self, self-improvement or whatever. Like I'm, right. I'm going to just guess that there was like more voice lessons or whatever involved, et cetera, et cetera. And so there was this like huge change and it's like the new album, like, I don't even actually know if that's out all the way or whatever, but like, mm-hmm. um, there's a couple singles and I'm just like, the vocals are, do not sound like it doesn't sound desperate and like it doesn't sound it doesn't have that thing that drew me to it and you know and like yeah that was me sort of being like thinking to myself you know like like well as long as you know he's like it doesn't matter if I like it as long as he's making the record that he wants to make then right good for him you know and he's and he's whatever but it's like yeah it is it is it is weird how you know we definitely like it's not you it's not like me and it's not I don't think it's something that a lot of people were even conscious of but it's like yeah there's you know there's that especially in the kind of music that we play and you know um listen to like as a like a major form of like um like I think that people listen to punk and um, and screamo, emo, whatever, you know, stuff. I think they listen to it like in a sort of like a way to 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 know themselves and to like it and to uh, like search themselves for knowledge, you know, of right. who they are and whatever. And I think that that really visceral like oh, I'm on the edge of whatever it is that I'm on the edge of, like, it speaks to people. And so, like, when something changes, you know, like, back in the 90s, you know, you would just call everybody a sellout. <laughs> like, right. oh, they sold out, you know. Um, but, like, now we're kind of, like, we have, like, a better understanding of, like, uh, what all the, 
what all goes into making these records, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's like, we can look at it with a different perspective, but it's like definitely interesting where you're like, um, it, you, you, you have to like, sort of, I like realize that it's a different lens to not only like listen through, but also like for that person to, uh, to write through, you know, and, um, and yeah, it's, I, this doesn't have anything to do with, uh, people's like problems being a part of their work or anything as far as I know, but it's like, I've always said that like, so Firehose was like a really big band for me growing up and, uh, yeah, the, the Mike Watt band. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I do not like Mr. Machinery Operator. Like, I just think it's a, not a good album. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Jay Massett track is, like, the best track on it. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, so, like, there's this thing, though, where I'm like, you know what? Like, I would take another Mr. Machinery Operator right now as opposed to no Firehose album at all. Right. And so it's like, I kind of, like, I started looking at all the bands that I liked that way because you know i haven't been that into like jimmy world since bleed american i haven't been that into uh i wasn't that into jets to brazil after their you know original album like i kind of yeah like i heard the second one and i was like okay and then i heard the third one and i was like this is country i'm not into this <laughs> but like looking at it now i'm like look the you know, the other Jester Brazil, that's better than no Jester Brazil. And so, yeah, yeah it's, it's, um, I think looking at it that way is sort of a, a way to, to just like, you know, as a, as a listener, as a fan, just to give people the, the fairness of, um, of like these different parts of their lives that they're trying to, um, like speak, speak through. And, um, like if if somebody comes out and says like this album sucks like I wish I didn't make that album, right. then then maybe you know you you look at it like that. But like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, certainly there's probably like plenty of albums by like people's favorite bands that they're just like, uh, like I know a lot of people really hate that news Mars Volta for example, you know, and like yeah. it's it's a. Uh, it's it's weird because yeah I mean you can think you can think about it that way you like would you rather have no new Mars Volta or would you rather have this one that's sort of just way more like I don't know I don't like loungy or whatever I don't know how to describe that right one, but, yeah 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 but yeah it's um, I feel that yeah it's it's I think it's funny that you you were not initially a fan of uh, Jets to Brazil's third album. I, 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 I know a lot of people night, that are just right? like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I was like, this is, and it's, it's really funny because like, um, it, it was, um, it was like years and years later where, um, where somebody had family guy on and, um, they were doing that Randy Newman thing. Like, right. Uh, Apple falls off the tree. And I was like, that's Jester Brazil's third album. That's like <laughs> punk Randy Newman. That's like <laughs> what that is. And um, I don't know, you know, that's a, a hill that I hope I don't have to die on. But um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, I still I still don't listen to that one very much. But uh, I, I remember when all three of them got repressed. I bought all three 
And I, I will admit, I've probably heard the third one the least just on vinyl alone. Yeah. I, I um, did, <laughs> what, uh, I did, I did warm up to the second one, but I, but I still, I mean, Orange Rhyming Dictionary, that is just, I put that above any Jawbreaker album. And I mean, I'm, Ooh. I'm a, I'm a pretty big Jawbreaker fan. So yeah. I think that's saying a lot, but like, um, yeah, it's, a, it's, um, I, I just think that record is, uh, I don't know. It's incredible. But, um, yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, like, so, you know, Coop was kind of in the same, um, not, not musically or whatever, but y'all had kind of a, a, a stage. Didn't you have like a stage, um, like how, what, what's the word I'm looking for, but like a stage, um, presentation, like weren't, weren't you all like you had a thing when you would, when you would come out on stage, like sort of how like grip hook has like the, the presence that y'all have. Didn't you have a, like, Um, I'm not trying to say like gimmick. I don't, there's a better word than that, but didn't you have like a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, every, every coop song was about, uh, eighties movies. The first album was, and then being, uh, we started writing what was supposed to be like the second album. And it had, uh, it had a song about Preacher, the comic book, and it had a song about Castlevania Symphony of the Night. But the, the second album never went anywhere because we had broken up at that point. Uh, but yeah, that was that was really it. We used floodlights a lot, but it wasn't, you know, I'll use the word gimmick because it's my own music. But it wasn't like a gimmick like the, the ski masks and the, you know, like me having a knife and stuff. Okay, so like, um, yeah, it's... So it was the it was the like the movie slash yeah. like whatever because um I remember like you know it, I remember like specifically y'all did like a Misfits cover on um cover set on Halloween or something like that and I and then making that connection because like a lot of the grip hook material is like it's very I don't know if all of y'all songs are like named after movies or or about movies or whatever but it it definitely gives that feel like i just i'm not entrenched enough in like b horror movies and stuff to to know sure they could all be you know (laughs) it could all be similar to that like how how danzig did that and i I really wouldn't you know i would just be supposing but um it's um like I, i actually didn't even know until like i was Googling the um, Bandcamp that like Grip Hook is a is a character from is it is it uh, yeah is it um, Harry Potter is that right yeah, yeah so I mean as I'm on my my trans friends podcast I'll talk about Harry Potter uh, so well, I, I mean yeah it's it's <laughs> I mean obviously like you know fuck her but like you know (laughs) but like it's i mean it's i don't know you know i think if i think like you know it's kind of it's kind of like there's there's a library that has like a 10 year old copy of this book you know what i mean and if people read that then that's what that is you know i don't um i'd hate to think that like libraries are still shelling out money for these books like especially right. like my library which is like i go to my library and get like the 
fucking gayest comics like <laughs> that I've never even heard of. Like I just go in there and there's like you know trans people that work at my library and like I just I'm like oh look at this comic this is like really gay let me get it and yeah. um and uh so like I hate to think that like yeah these books are still as far as libraries or whatever but yeah I mean it it's it's a thing you know it's it's um it's just like there's uh, gosh I don't even I don't even know like is there a possibility that any of the authors or whatever that you read before X date or X date, like aren't or have not been like shitty in some way, like, you know? So obviously it's, it's to me, it's about not um, getting them more money at this point. You know what I mean? And not about what's what's already happened, but. Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry uh, to just interject. No, no, no. I, 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 I appreciate it. I do. Um, so I, uh, I, I never read the Harry Potter books. And then um, I, one year I was like, oh, you know, it means a lot to my fiance. Uh, well, it was my, you know, they were just my partner at the time, but I was like, you know, it means a lot to them. So I'll read all the books. And then it was like, you know, they were missing a couple of the movies. And this was, I think, 2018, maybe 2019. And so I had, uh, I read all the books and then, you know, like I bought them, whatever those couple movies they were missing. And then like, we like talked about it and, you know, it was supposed to just be like a, like a sentimental thing. Like this means a lot to you. So I want to like share this with you. And then, you know, fast forward like a year and a half and that woman like went off the deep end. Yeah, uh, yeah. and, um, but I, I remember like reading them and I was like, Oh, okay. You know, like I thought Griphook, the character was really cool because it was just like, he basically like, he just did whatever he felt he had to do because he was like, you know, I'm right. And they're wrong. He was a goblin that, you know, he had this like sword that he thought belonged to the goblins and, uh, he fucked over Harry Potter and like all this other stuff. And so the concept was supposed to be that Griphook was going to be a sideband from Coop, but it was like, that was like my selfish side project. And that was like the name, you know, that it was supposed to be. It was just like my own selfishness, blah, blah, blah. And then Coop broke up and I was like, well, I'm going to keep the name. Uh, You know, maybe we'll do a shirt that's a rip on, show no mercy, but it's like a goblin holding a big sword or something. And that never happened because then grip hook became like the spooky, scary band that we are. Um, and people always think it's like a knife. People never are like, Oh, it's Harry Potter. They're always just like, yeah, it's gotta be like a knife for some eighties horror movie I've never heard of. And I'm just like, sure. Okay. Yeah. It sounds, it's easier than talking about JK Rowling. So why yeah. not? It sounds like, you know, it sounds like, uh, I mean, is it not, is there not a thing like what's the thing where it's got like a T handle that, that you hold between like your, your fingers and it's got a hook on the end. Like, is that not like, cause that's what, like, I'm sure that yeah. thing has a name, but I don't know like what it is. And so when I heard grip hook, I'm like, Oh, it must be that thing. Like, 
Right. Yeah. Like, like immediately someone's like, Oh, it's like a weird knife or it's like a, like a meat hook that like uh, yeah. fishermen use or something. Yeah. It's, it's that yeah. thing. Like you hold, you hold in your, the part in your hand, like brass knuckles, but it's got this huge hook on it and you just, you know, so that's just what I assumed. And then, like I said, I was, I was Googling cause I was like looking for, um, the, uh, the, the date of the first release and then it was like Harry Potter I'm like okay well there's obviously a bit of a story there yeah um, <laughs> but yeah um now you know now you can just like you can um <clears throat> you can do a crossover event where it's like all these horror movies into the Harry Potter universe um <laughs> but uh yeah I don't know that's just um my uh <clears throat> that's just like my comic book brain i guess going off but um yeah so like as far as you know the grip hook goes though like it how much of it is like sort of in that misfits uh coop vein of like to where you're writing about like fiction and and uh stuff like that uh it's it's pretty much it all is uh one time, and I mean, you know, like it was funny, so it's not like it necessarily hurt my feelings, but one time someone reviewed our uh, our second album, and he was like, this is my favorite way to get synopses of a movie. And I was just like, <laughs> cool, okay. <laughs> That's uh, funny. But I was just like, yeah, you know, like, why not? Um, not to say I don't believe in these things, but the way I saw it was just like, this is what I really know. Like, you know, I'm not well-versed in, uh, you know, political issues or social issues. I'm just kind of like, Oh, okay. Uh, these cops are doing bad things. You know, I don't necessarily like cops, uh, this, that, the other, you know, like, and that's it. But I'm like, I could try to write a song about how cops are bad, but it probably won't be as cool as cop killer by body count. Uh, you know, I could do this, but it's probably not going to sound the same coming from me who is, you know, a big white guy that's pretty straight. And I'm just like, eh, you know, like what, what, what the fuck's that going to do? Where I'm like, I really know horror movies. I love horror movies. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm good at is, you know, I can talk to you about horror movies. I can, I can present this spooky concept to you in hopes that it will then draw you to be like, you know what? Okay. I'm going to watch the burning. What the fuck is the burning or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's funny because like I definitely like had friends in high school that were fans of the Misfits that like f found every movie you know that they ever sang about and like watched yeah. all those movies, and um, I don't know, you know, you can only hope that there's some kind of justice in the world where like these. Uh, obscure filmmakers like saw a dime or two from any of this, you know, but like, because like, yeah, I don't know if it's anything like comic book artists, you know, like uh, every, every guy that is behind a character in a $2 billion Marvel movie, like died penniless and in an apartment, you know, with right. filled with rats, you know, but yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I and mean, you can, you can just hope like, somebody's somebody's out there getting some kind of streaming royalties or something you know from from uh yeah. from glenn danzig's obsession with uh with those movies and whatnot but, uh, <laughs> yeah it's um i don't know it's really it's it's wild though like uh 
not to make this a Glenn Danzig episode, but I, I was just listening. They're pretty much all Glenn Danzig episodes to uh, me, man. <laughs> I was just listening to this um, a comics podcast where they were talking about like how much of a patron that Glenn Danzig has been to like artists uh, like um, like uh, – he he owns like a lot of like Frank Fazetta originals and and oh yeah like that tracks but um also like Simon Bisley and like you know artists that are still alive like he commissions them for like work and pays them like lots of money like, yeah and uh, yeah I don't know I mean you know I don't I don't know that he's always like um, been exactly like a a cool person or anything but you know. Um, broken clocks right twice a day or something uh, like it's you know S- Simon Bisley like it, it, it's uh, it's cool that um, like he's not I mean I don't know it's a it's a real shame like um, how um, how much uh, joy like a comic book or a, or a border a, a movie that's bordering on just like uh bad like you know not even like uh not even subjectively like it's objectively bad you know but but that can give somebody so much like uh in their life you know and um, absolutely yeah and it's it's uh it's it's a shame that like there isn't any like i don't know like i was i was reading this book by tilly walden and i was like like Tilly Walden's probably doing okay. Like she just did that uh, Clementine Walking Dead book, so she's probably yeah. doing okay. But like, um, I just am like, it's fucked up that like this like so many there. I guarantee you, there's people out there that re- read On a Sunbeam and they're just like, this is the fucking most important thing I've ever read, right? And like what that did to that person's life, and. Tilly Walden is just like, like probably like worrying about like bills and shit. Yet, yeah. like, you know, yet there's like fucking billionaires that like, what did they really, what did they really contribute to society? Like, they fucking made it easier for people to buy shit. Like, fuck right. off, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know, you know, like obviously you need to be able to buy certain shit, groceries, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, wow, we, we progressed capitalism. Fantastic. Like, good job, you know? But there's this thing that saved some queer kid's life, this fucking book, you know? Yeah. And it's like, this person is like hand to mouth, you know, or, or whatever. I don't know. Right. I'm not saying that about Tilly Walden. Like, she's probably okay. But um, there's, you know... There's a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand other people that are like, just like, I'm just trying to get my shit done. You know, I'm just trying to do, I'm just trying to be here. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you had a, uh, um, you had a really like, uh, um, 
sort of emotional post, like after you came back from Riot Fest, like when, you know, speaking of My Chemical Romance from earlier, yeah. um, where you're talking about like, you know, what you saw in them and like how that was kind of like what they meant to people was kind of like, like you could only as an artist, like hope to capture some of that. Like, can you like sort of retell that, you know, story? Absolutely. Like, um, so I, I did go to Riot Fest this year. Uh, our bass player, uh, went with me and, you know, we've known each other for a long time and we both grew up my chem fans and specifically, my brother and I always shared like a love for my chem and it was just like, no, this is awesome. Like they, they stood out as this band that, you know, like there's plenty of bands that love their fans or they do this, that, the other, whatever. But it was like my chem always stood out cause they were just like, well, these people are important, you know, like they're, they're our lifeblood. And it always meant a lot, uh, as a fan and it meant even more knowing that there was two brothers that were doing that together. And it was always like, it felt like an emotional thing, an emotional connection to add to my brother and I. And, uh, so, you know, I went and I saw him for the first time in fuck like 12 years. Like I, the last time I saw them was on the Honda civic tour with blink One Eighty Two, And, uh, I was just like, wow, this band is still great. But then it's like, you know, they were night one, and we're watching all of these, uh, all these people come out of the pit and it's all these like kids, just like actual children. And I'm like, it never stopped. Like they always had that. And I just thought it was so beautiful. And then, you know, we, we release our album and all these people that at this point I consider them friends, but they're just like, Oh, um, you know, my drive to work was two camp bloods. And, you know, like they're like measuring time in the length of my album. And then, you know, people are not even living in Akron and they're saying, hey, you should go to this show or, hey, you should support this band. And it's, you know, like it, it feels like more than just like a fan thing. It feels like something that like people I know, love and care about are talking about this. And I thought it was beautiful. And then, you know, we played our record release show and all the money went to, uh, abortion means healthcare in Ohio. And, you know, there's like three girls I do not know that are just like, thank you for everything you're doing. Like your money means so much. And all these kids I don't know that are just like, yeah, your album was great. And, you know, we like your band and this and that. And, you know, you guys are pushing an important message. And I was just like, damn, this is fucking insane that, you know, like people think we matter in any way. And then on top of that, you know, our core audience is like minority groups essentially that are just like, yeah, no, this is, this is what is important to me. And it's this silly band. And it was just, it, it really like, it hit me really fucking heavy. And I was just like, this is, this is insane. Like I, it, it took me like two hours to just to come up with the words for that post. And now I'm, you know, like stumbling through just trying to retell it again and i it was just it was a lot it was it was beautiful and i was happy to share even a fraction of that feeling that i would assume someone like gerard way feels someone like mikey or frank or ray any of them 
Yeah, it's a, it's a, it it's a definitely like there's a, you know, there's a difference between like an artist who d- develops like a cult of personality and like an artist that like, you know, has a, ha- has like a, a genuine, like appreciation, you know, for for their fans and and yeah. uh, and, and like care for for their fans and i mean even when um even when gerard way wasn't doing like music as as like uh the main creative output like and it was comics you know like right the passion was just like like you can listen to gerard speak about it and it and it was just um like it didn't it didn't stop you know it never went yeah like uh, from it just went from one thing to the next and so yeah it was um now there's 13 year olds that are like oh grant morrison's pretty cool yeah grant morrison <laughs> is pretty cool <laughs> yeah um, i love them uh and uh yeah it's um yeah it's it's wild like i think that um it's it's a it's a wild ride like you can get on and and when you play in a band like and depending on like what you're looking for like out of the experience like you can be i mean you you can like 10 people can hear your band and then like someone will send you an email telling you about how um, your music helped them through like a battle with testicular tan- cancer, which like literally yeah. happened to me. And yeah. like, and you're like, geez, you know, like I, it's, I don't know, like it's, it's, um, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I don't think I'd still be doing this like all these years later and I wouldn't have had 144 conversations with people about music if it wasn't like it is that deep you know it is the thing to me that is that deep and it's it's a it's wild like um I mean there's no there's there's no logical reason in my brain like that you could just pick up a piece of wood with some wire strings on it you know and uh, right. and you could do this like you could make these connections and you could like you know you can make magic out of like nothing and uh i don't know it's wild um but yeah uh you know i did see y'all's album getting shared a lot as well and um i don't know how many um grip um, how many camp bloods it takes me to get from uh, from from my place to the post office anymore? I'd say probably about two and a half. It's kind of far, um, but um, like this was something that y'all y- y'all were working on for like quite a while, as far as I am to understand. But um, like. Uh, it's it's been out for a little while now and like mm-hmm. i know that 
you know, before that, you had had a bunch of songs that were sort of like already done and and waiting for you know their proper place and things and stuff. Um, right. But, but like since then, like what what's the next objective? Like what are y'all working on at the moment that you can talk about? Sure. Um, so I decided that the next thing I want to do is do an EP. Uh, and the goal is to put it out on Valentine's day. And, um, I want it to be called crimes of passion and I want it to be a bunch of love songs. Uh, so I'm, I'm making my way through the, the visual creative process, you know, like I've got to figure out what the album cover is going to be. And then kind of, you know, like what I do then is I run it by my fiance and I'm like, okay, how good of an idea is this? And then they normally make it better. Uh, and then we, as a band, we've written the first song. Uh, it's our first song over a minute and a half. Uh, it's two minutes long. So we'll see what it winds up being, you know, when we go to record it or when we play it live for the first time. Uh, but I, I, I'm shooting for, I think six songs. Uh, and then we've talked about doing a cover on the album as well, but we have not figured out what the cover is going to be. Okay, uh, wait, wait, we are really now? planning to do a cover that is going <laughs> to be able to be submitted to you in time too. Oh, it's, I, I thought this was a strictly no covers band. So that, so it was, uh, we're leaving that then, in 2022, huh? That's right. Okay. We were a no covers band. And then Foster was like, well, if Edie wants a cover, we can do a cover. And I was like, okay. And so we learned wish by Nin. And then we recorded it, and then it was supposed to be done so we could send it to you. And then the guy that was mixing it did not finish mixing it until, like, October 27th. And you were like, I need all these songs by, you know, like, I don't know, October 1st. And I was like, we're so far behind. Uh, so we, and but we did that, and then Josh was like, okay, well, let's learn another cover. You know, kids seem to think that's pretty cool. And I was like, all right, uh, so we, we are moving forward with such an idea. Um, I'm currently putting a gun to their heads and telling them we got to learn Hanging Garden by The Cure, but I don't think that'll make its way onto the, uh, onto the Love Song EP. That might be for, for, some, for some, your, uh, your comp that to, will actually be, be done in time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, get it done now and send it to me a year in, in advance. No, I... Griphook yeah. is now the most prepared band in the world. <laughs> for, for for this very specific thing. That, that's, that's right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's funny because, you know, I... Wow, it's... It, it, that's... I started doing that because it, I just thought, wow, this is so fun. Like, it'd be so fun to just have everybody just sort of, you know put on their little musical costume and um yeah and oh gosh the last couple years have just been so much work and i'm just like am i really <laughs> am i really going to do this again but um i mean i will you know i'll end up right. doing it again i i'll i'll be telling myself all the way until like may i'm not doing it again and then in may i'm going to be i'm going to think of the song i want to do and and then i'm right. like ah fuck we're doing it um, <laughs> I just had a, uh, I just went through the entire Tegan and Sarah discography. Um, a girl I went to middle school with, we, we've continued to follow each other on social media and we became friends again, like for real. 
And she was like, oh, they're like my favorite band. And so I listened to the entire discography and then I was looking through today and I saw that you had done two and I was like, mm. I'm really excited to listen to these now. Yeah, show, show it to your friend. I will. I, tried I to, absolutely will. I tried to like, I was like, I wanted nothing more than to be than to be acknowledged by Tegan and Sarah for having yeah. done those songs and like that didn't happen. But but um, the people from Texas is the Reason and The Promise Ring heard our like cover of their split seven inch this year and the uh and davy from promise ring like retweeted the album and um the vocalist for texas is the reason said that he was very flattered so i i take that as a win like yeah that's not saying you liked it but but that's but you were flattered that's so i take that as a win but the right the guitar player did uh did did repost the album as well and said that we really got the song. So Hell I yeah. thought that was very cool. Um, yeah. And then I was like, wait, that's the good, that's the guitar player that was altered also in shelter. And I was like, fuck, like I was <laughs> never like that big, like into shelter, but like they're to just to acknowledge them as a band of that era. That was like extremely important to a lot of people. It's just like right. that person listened to some, song i played of of their band like that's wild there's um, a shelter cover on one of your comps right is there i mean i uh, i mean i guess you know there's like six of them so it probably all kind of runs together for you sometimes, i but. i just yeah sometimes i sometimes i forget the the songs that i've done you know so right. um, so no no offense if if someone is like yeah i totally did that how could you forget um right because yeah i mean especially because, you know, a couple of years we really did have like a pretty good turnout. And then it was like, and then it was the last couple of years, it just it has been rough. I mean, last year I understood because it was still, nobody knew if they could even be in the same room with each other, et cetera, right. et cetera you know? Right. But, but this year, as people are like, people are obviously, they're playing shows and making records, like, you know, like nothing happened. So, like, um, uh it, it was it was a little discouraging to uh and uh yeah i don't know if uh if i would have known that y'all had a song ready on december 27th i would have i, I would have been like you know what you can get it on there but uh yeah yeah damn all right well i'm sorry i i just i was like no, it's like, kind of like what we were saying before we started recording it was one of those things where i was just like they're always so like on top of stuff yeah. I cannot be the guy that's just like, hey, here's this thing three days early, you know, yeah. it's punk. like. And I really and was like, like trying to because I can, you know, I can't, I like, I can never promote them because people are pushing the deadlines and that's what I really wanted to do. That's why I was like, October 1st, I need it because yeah. I wanted to promote it and you can't promote something. You can't say this band's going to be on here, this band's going to be on here, and then you don't get the tracks. Like, right, you right. Know, um, you can't do, uh, you can't put the cover art on there with the bands, and you can't put this out into the world, and then it just doesn't happen. Like, Exactly, it's yeah. It's not even about the way that that makes me look as a person or the band look as a band or it's not even about like whether people understand, Hey, shit happens, you know, cause 
right? Because people get that, but it's just like still, you're you're trying to generate that kind of like enthusiasm, and 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 then like it's almost worse. Like if you're like this really awesome band's gonna be on there, it's almost worse for people to be like all hyped like that and then go to it and then the band isn't on it. It's 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 worse than if like that band was just never included, you know. Because, exactly. You know, it's like expectation versus reality or whatever, you know? Yeah. But um so yeah, I mean that's the thing. I was I was really trying to, I was really and then it was just like there was even some people that were like, Do you have something that I can share? You know, and I'm like, uh, one minute <laughs> and I, as yeah. I'm like trying to squeeze the last couple things in there and uh you know, it was all good. It ended up it ended up being fun. I think I think it was fun. I um I that's probably the best cover that I've drawn for I really like the cover, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, casual Lady Frankenstein. You know, that's right. But uh, yeah, um, next year, next year it is. I will do one more, if only just so that y'all will be on it. Oh, that um, means a lot. But um, yeah. So uh, now that that's out into the world, you know, you're gonna have to get this love song EP ready for Valentine's that's right. Day. And, yeah, I um, I think that I just hate myself, and I'm like, well, if I tell everyone I've got all these deadlines, I have to meet the deadline. Yeah, you gotta. It's yeah, you gotta put that crunch on yourself to you know really make it happen. Um, what else do you all have coming up? That is, are there any shows or anything that you can also um, make mention of? Or sure, um, November thirtieth and December first. We are doing two days with Dreamwell and My Fictions. Um, we are playing Cleveland and then Akron. Shout out to their booking agent that does not know that Cleveland and Akron are 30 minutes away. But, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> and then December 17th, we are playing um, with Bleached Cross, which is the side project of Frail Body. Uh, there are sweet babies, and I'm very excited to play with Bleached Cross. Uh, we're playing at Bless This Mess, which is one of the house venues. Uh, oh, December 2nd, we just hopped on a show. Uh, it's in Kent at the Zephyr. Tyler Brown, who's lived at Queen for like 15 years, he's got a new project that I don't know what it is because to me it's all shoegaze. But, you know, of course it's something that isn't shoegaze. But he's got a new project that uh, it's their first show. And so it's really nice to be asked to be involved in that because Tyler's been my friend for so long. Um and then January 7th, we're playing with Possession 1981 and, uh, oh, I feel really bad. I don't remember the other band. Another big band that's really cool, and I'm happy that they asked us to play. <laughs> and that's uh, it's the day after my birthday, so please come to the show and celebrate my birthday with me and three other sweaty, angry bands. <laughs> where, did you say where that one was at? Oh, I'm sorry. That was at the Musica in Akron. Very cool. Yeah. Um, uh, we are planning on doing a tour in March. Uh, we are currently waiting. We we asked two bands if they would be down, and we are waiting for one of the two bands to say, yes, we are down before we finalize everything. But we would like to play Indiana, and we would like to uh, maybe play with an ED band if you would uh, – feel comfortable with such a concept um this i mean that i've i've been hearing about some cool shows at this place called healer in indianapolis so i don't know maybe we can Ooh. maybe we can work that out um 
Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that we should uh, touch on before we get going? It's about dinner time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see. I Oh, I promised Heavenly Blue I would shout out Heavenly Blue. So shout out Heavenly Blue. Uh, Kaiba are from Athens. They're the greatest band in the world. Um, I started a record label just to put out Kaiba. We're called The Caller Is In The House. It's uh, T-C-I-I-T-H Records on Twitter and Instagram. Buy all of our stuff after you're done buying everything from Middleman Records. Uh, Grip Hook's on everything at Grip Hook Band. Uh, I love all of you. Thank you. Uh, Grip Hook lives in your walls. I don't know. And that was my conversation with Zach Butcher. Thanks so much, Zach, for taking the time to chat with me. Next week, I got another exciting episode for you. But until then, why don't you go over to patreon.com slash human machine and check out what I've got going on there. It's nearly 100 pages of comics up, as well as some guitar playthroughs and other things. Until next time, take care and do good things.